begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's Milton and I, Chris, aka Star Raptor, back for another Star Wars discussion on the Outer Rim Transmission Podcast. This is episode number 87. It's a bit of a slow news week. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a slow news week. As you would expect, we are getting into the holiday season here with just another week and a half so uh, left of 2022. It's going to be a big 2023, but there are still a couple news stories to talk about. But right off the top, we had a little bit of a tease last week on our week in Star Wars with Milton talking about his friend he's introducing to the good old galaxy far, far away. And you had left us off saying you're going to introduce this person to Return of the Jedi. So how did it go? It went well. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it went well. So we finally were able to get to Return of the Jedi. Um, and I will say how we did it to recap her on like the episode, well, that particular episode, we went back and watched the last 30 minutes of Empire so she didn't forget like what happened. So we finished Empire. She really enjoyed that one. I will say she loves Chewie and Han Solo for sure, like without question. So we get into Jedi. I don't really think she liked that one as much as Empire. Not saying she thought the movie was bad. She actually liked the film, but she liked Empire I think, significantly better. Because I think the characters, um, she didn't like Job of the Hut. Tell that right now. She thought Job of the Hut was disgusting. Um, she didn't like that. Um, she didn't like uh, not Masameda. Who's who's his henchman? Um, I forget his name. But Jabba. You know I'm talking about. Yeah, Bit Fortuna. Bit Fortuna. Bit Fortuna. Yeah, Bit Fortuna. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> like him. Um, she at first like she didn't like the Rancor scene. Like she thought it was like like a little too much. Ah. Uh, she, it's like it was like because this movie like in the beginning of it and then even watching it again with her return of the jedi the first like 30 minutes is a very dark movie mm-hmm. so like i think she wasn't really feeling that as much um but as the movie went on she she liked it uh at first i told her i said hey i think you're gonna like the little cute animals you're gonna see later and she's like what are you talking about but, uh she <laughs> wound up liking the ewoks like they weren't her favorite but she saw she saw the appeal Overall, she thought the movie was good, but I think she really enjoyed it Empire better. All right. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's always a big contention. Oh, Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back. I, I'm uh, Return of the Strikes. Uh, gosh, I was trying to meld two movies right there for a minute. Return of the Jedi guy all around. But, you know, Return of the Jedi definitely has a different structure, as you mentioned. Like, the first 30 minutes is a completely different film than the rest of it, right? Everybody's together, which is nice. And you get to see just the, the mafiosa side of the Star Wars galaxy with Jabba the Hutt and that high action adventure that we all expect. The sail barge scene is one of the greatest sequences in all of Star Wars, just the overall pulpiness to it and just the swashbuckling uh, shenanigans that happen there is is fantastic. And then it gets into the father-son dynamic that we left off with, with Empire. So there's a lot to love there. As you said, there's some cool critters in there, and that's cool. Uh, with her, really, it seems like Han Solo is probably her favorite character then, because I think you said that she really liked the character in she the really previous Han movie. Solo. Well, she actually, so I'll give her credit. So she did call so whenever um, when Leia went to go save him out of the um, Jabba's palace. She was like, "Oh, she's like that's Leia. It has oh. to be, you know." 
And I was like, no, that's not Leia. I'm like, just watch the movie. And she's like, I think that's her. And then, <laughs> um, and she, and once she, once she had the reveal, she looked at me. She's like, I knew it. Um, and then, yeah. And then uh, she liked. So when the reveal of Luke and Leia being siblings from Obi Wan, um, she's like, she questioned that. She's like, wait, wait. She's like, wait a minute. I thought, I thought they had different parents or something like that. I'm like, well, do you want to watch the third movie, Revenge of the Sith? And she's like. She's not sure if she wants to watch that yet because she just ah. wanted. She agreed to just do the original trilogy. <laughs> oh, I now man. have to convince her uh, <laughs> to like watch like Revenge of the Sith or Rogue One potentially, um, to understand like where Luke, Leia came from, their parents, that type of thing. So, yeah, I mean that that that's interesting to be like, okay, here's the three movies. What's next? <laughs> you know, you yeah. can go one direction or you can go the other direction. You could be like, hey, you want to see what happens after? Um, you, you can uh, yeah, I doubt that. For, ah. for we, we may we may not go forward for a while. What about the Mandalorian, though? I mean, everybody oh, loves so the, the Mandalorian. Well, I have to. Well, I was trying to explain to her about like there's different shows. Um, but again, I have to convince her to watch another property. So I have to like if I, if I convince her, it has to be the right thing. Mm. Um, I mean, I I think my impressions of what she likes about Star Wars is like. She, there's more character than what she thought it would be. She thought it would just be like space battles, you know, shooting, lightsabers, whatever. But the overall story, I think, impressed her because she's like, oh, there's a lot more story. I was like, yes, very much so. I really yeah. think how Empire developed really like her honor. We're thinking like, oh, this is like really good storytelling. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I think I think she likes the property because she knows I like it. Oh, um, yeah. Again, we'll see. we'll see. I'll try to convince her to watch the prequels. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. It, it's funny because you mentioned like how Star Wars to her is a lot deeper than she would expect, and that's actually our discussion topic for tonight. We're gonna get into you know this whole thing with Andor getting an award for or nominated for awards for acting, which we haven't seen since 1977. Um, so our big discussion tonight is talking about you know Star Wars at a prestige level to what Andor was able to pull off, to see the recognition that that show is getting, to see maybe we're going to get another, like, deeper kind of Star Wars in the future and then see all that. So so stay tuned. We're going to get into that in the second half of the show. But first of all, I got to talk about my week in Star Wars. And, um, well, it was very similar to last week. I guess I think I mentioned gaming or something last week. Yeah, with Fortnite. And I jumped back into... This stupid little mobile game. I'm not going to really play it, but I, I got a new phone. And as a tech guy, I like to always test my hardware. So I was like, oh, let me throw a couple games on this new phone. Google Pixel 7, see how this tensor processor works. And I you know, threw on Diablo Immortal. I threw on this and that. And I threw on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which is that really big cash grab game, if I'm not going to lie. It's just like, oh my gosh, you just, there's these people spending like hundreds of dollars on these characters. But yeah, I jumped in that a little bit and realized, oh yeah, this is a time sink or a money sink or both. So um, it's it's still cool to see all the characters they have in that game because I, I started playing it when it first came out, you know? Yes. That's the thing. I actually still have it on my phone. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I, I've been playing it for years. Oh, oh wait, you play it? I do play. Oh I shoot! I I we gotta talk about so this. I have it like <laughs> it's right there, as you guys oh, can see it. Oh shoot! It's, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> um, and I have like I've been playing it. It's been I guess it's been three, four years I guess since it came out, but I have like a lot of characters unlocked in here. I mean, legit. Like I put I I play this every day. Oh my like, gosh! Twenty minutes. 
For a half but I did a, about a good 20 minutes at play, you know, just because it's like, all right, well, I'll just do what I can and move forward. All right, this is this is a big revelation here on the podcast because I know Milton's usually playing the older games, but I had no idea you were playing a contemporary game. Um, so yeah, I listen. At first, I wasn't sure. Cause man, oh, man, this you're right. Cash grab. I've only spent money twice on this. Oh, okay. You no, know, twice because I was like, oh, I want to get this character. I'm looking to try to get these extra, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much unlocked a lot of good characters. Like now, I don't have the. I still need to get Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm close. They get General Anakin Skywalker. Like, I'm close to getting them. But, like, I just figure I'm going to just put the time in and play, like, every, like, day for, like, 30 minutes and I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Because what it is, is like, every week, like, I'm or almost every week, I'm watching the Star Wars show, like, news show where they talk about everything coming out that week. And half the time they're talking about Star Wars Galaxy Heroes. They're like, ooh, the second sister's in the game. Or, ooh, Black Kersantan's in the game. And I just disregard them. Like, yeah, whatever. That's the game I don't play. <laughs> and then I was like, right. and then I got into the game again after years, or at least looked at the game. I'm like, holy crap, they have so many characters since I played when it first came out in, like, 2016 or whatever that was. So I All right, yeah, because I have uh, Dash Rendar. Like, oh, I just got him. him. Yeah, it's uh, who else? I got Dash Rendar. I got more Maria Marjade. Got all the um, yeah, I got Hondo Anaka. I got anyone you can think of. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't have like the like I said, I don't have General Skywalker. I'm about to get Mandalorian, like Beskar armor mm. one. Um, I don't have Darth Malak. Pretty much all like the the, the legend like Jedi Master yeah. Luke Skywalker. Like, I don't have him yet. Lord Vader. They're so they're just hard to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to spend money like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so you say you play like 20 minutes a day. So like uh, for our audience out there that might play the game or, or might wanted to get in the game, what what activities do you do in 20 minutes? What are your go to things that I should be doing coming back to this game every day? Um, I mean, usually because I've unlocked a lot of it, so mm-hmm. I do a lot of like the simulation. Like, it's just they'll say like you know instead of like playing each one because I've yeah. beaten literally every lightsaber battle or dark side battle, oh. light side battle. I now I'm just simulate it. I just like hit simulate uh. and get like 15 battles done. But you're collecting a lot of like you know um, items, yeah. that type of thing. I'll do like the uh, like the um, the guilds, so you can like then go and like fight in little guilds to get okay. extra like special items. So I'll do stuff like that, or I'll do like little challenges that they have in there. So yeah, stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and and uh, what what characters or character that is not in the game that you want to see come into the game? Like, what what are some examples you uh, want to see? Well, right now they have right and also thus far in like tier four, they have Doctor Afra, Star Killer, and um, uh, the Ooh. Grand. Uh, an inquisitor like you have to unlock those eventually mm-hmm. so i'm glad i got those in there i don't know which character i would want in there now because i feel like we got in everybody um i have to think of a legends character oh i'm not sure um is darth Bane is darth Bane in here no i don't think he is. yeah i don't think he is darth Bane's not in here i'm kind of surprised That's... he is canon now so yeah, it's like and it's, and it's funny because like what would he look like, you know, in the game? Yeah, I I want I want Plagueis, so Plagueis. Uh, give me Plagueis. I think we'll have to wait for the acolyte to come out, and they'll have like the yeah. canon depiction of of this mune or whatever the hell species he's gonna end up being. Oh man, I, I was I, I was playing this game. I was like, they gotta start cashing in on the High Republic. I want to see Stellan Geos. I want to see 
Marshawn Rowe. I want to see Lorna D. I want to see all these different characters, these different droids. Give me Geo. Just give me a big ass rock slab that just sits there. <laughs> like, give me some of these characters that I would just freaking laugh my ass off on. Um, or you know, give us more Andor characters. Do they have really Andor characters like some of the newer people, like Deidre or anybody like that in there? No, no one's on there from, oh. from Andor. Which, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll add them later. That, and that's what they normally do. Like they'll add like they added uh what's her name's uh girl. Um oh my goodness. Um uh, uh Lando Calrissian Lando Calrissian's like girlfriend or something. Oh wait, Sanastaros. Yeah, she's in this now. Yeah, I seen that. I yeah, got I just, her already. I just, I just unlocked her. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the so, I mean, so yeah, the deal with the deal with Sign, I love how they're adding the comic book characters. Like I, I added in triple zero and BT in there and they are fantastic as like the comic book characters coming to life seeing uh bt just like doing the the spins with the flamethrowers and the rockets going everywhere but uh yeah Sonic no, yeah, it's dope it's dope yeah yeah she's she was like the she's a smuggler out there that was planning a job with with han and he had they had to go undercover and she pretended to be his wife and that was that was the big yeah. thing in the comic books when like the comics everybody was really paying attention to him it was like oh my god these comics are like breaking new ground that we never even knew that han had a wife before and then it turns out that it was just a, a scam that they were pulling and all this crap but yeah, so yeah she's still a, nah, it's, it's, around. Nah, it's cool yeah so so there you go there's our uh star wars gaming talk and it's not going to be the only star wars gaming talk but i'll get to that in a minute but first if you are a new listener we also go live on youtube every friday at nine o'clock eastern youtube.com slash star raptor you can find our channel our um videos go live there and you can always participate in the chat room live and you can always listen to us on any of your podcast apps of choice just look for outer rim transmission so as i mentioned off the top we're gonna slide right into out this week and keeping a theme to the video games right now we have a brand new update in star wars the old republic the 10 year old mmo um that you can play on the pc for free actually you can just jump in and play the entire game for free and it's an older game so most pcs any PC by now can easily handle. We'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, this expansion, or it's almost an expansion. Um, it's a large update, and this one is called uh, Showdown on Runic, and it's all about Mandalorians. So it, you know, this is an entire Mandalorian themed update, where it's like the Mandalorian Wars and Star Wars Legends. Basically, it's like you got um, this this one character, Shay Vizsla. Who is an ancestor to Tar, ancestor to Pre Vizsla from the Clone Wars, right? That same kind of family. She's going after this other like uh, person that is like broken off from her clan, and there's all these different clan wars going on. But it's uh, you know there's cinematics in there where they're both fighting with like best car knives, and they're using their jet packs, they're using jet boots, they're using every tool in her arsenal to like take each other out. It's really fun. It's really cool. And they have a so they basically have a whole new planet that you explore to Star Wars called Runic, which is like this planet that has been um, used up like strip mines. So like the outer atmosphere is just like completely polluted and everything else. Um, so once you beat the story, there's a couple missions and it opens up like a daily hub area where you can like do repeatable missions every day to get, you know, your resources and stuff like that. So yeah, if you haven't jumped into the old Republic in a while, uh, now's a good time because there's plenty of new content. They revamped the PVP 
uh, how that works with uh, the, the arenas and with the other things, uh, the war zones and all. So, yeah, i definitely say if you haven't played, go check it out. Um, as far as publishing is concerned, we have a couple new releases. We have The Mandalorian uh, Adaptation. This is the adaptation for episode six of the season one series uh, with The Prisoner, where they're, you know, trying to... Uh, Go on that ship of the New Republic and, and free that Twi'lek. Um, but we also have Bounty Hunters issue number 29, which is an original story that came out this week. And uh, yeah, it's another good one there because it has Byler Valence's crew that is being commanded by Darth Vader to attack these Crimson Dawn people. And then the Crimson Dawn people are um, commanded by Tonga, which has a team of Bosk and Zuckus and 4LM, and then there's even a nice little interlude, if you will, of IG-88 just tearing people to shreds in uh, the most spectacular function, um, giving the people, he's giving the people a chance to surrender for about 30 seconds, and when they start shooting at him, they're absolutely destroyed, and uh, one of them tries to surrender, and he just straight up says, hey, uh, that surrender call has expired, and then he just kills the guy, and it's like, damn! Mm. But, you know, it's this is the Legends type of IG-88 that I've been wanting to see in canon for a while. And we have seen bits of that in some of the other comics, but it looks like he's going to be more of a, a reoccurring role in the, in the current stuff that's happening over there in between Empire and, and Return of the Jedi happening. So, um, have you always enjoyed the character of IG-88? Like, out of all the bounty hunters, Milton, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, like, which which one stood out to you besides Boba Fett? <laughs> um, looking at that scene in particular, who's the big one? He's the big fat one with like the short Dengar. arms. Um, yes, like I've always been curious yeah. about him. Um, and I, when I was a kid, I had a Bosk. This guy thing. right here, right? Yes, that's the one. Love this guy. And then I know, my, when I was a kid, I know I had a boss action figure. I'm sure it's somewhere at my mom's house, boss. I know she still, I think she still has my Luke Skywalker, the Hoth version of him. Um, yeah, like it's that bounty hunter always stood out to me. IG-88, I mean, he, look, they, he, I mean, he's a badass. I mean, he's supposed to be. I know like that's how they built him up in the comics. We didn't really get to see him in live action because I think the technology at the time couldn't make him look that good. But yeah, in the comics, he we know what he's all about. He's he's a Terminator, pretty much. Oh yeah, he's he's like the best example of a bounty hunter because he has no he has no conscious. He's a robot, yeah. and he just mission after mission. Like even in his comic book issue, he's like, okay, mission number three hundred and fifty four accepted. Now I have to go kill General Vakora. It's like right. this is just another number for him. He doesn't have like we see in the Mandalorian, right? It's like season one episode three he's going to navarro and he's 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 you know brings grogu back and then he's like what's gonna happen with him and he's like you're not supposed to answer you're not supposed to ask any questions in the guild what's up with you man so like that's and that's how the whole story starts in the mandalorian having a conscience and standing up for uh what you feel is right you know <laughs> yeah no i i agree so it's I, I i like him i like to see him more in live action and just what what he's all about so heck yeah so moving into our first story of the night we have an update on rogue squadron yes that movie that we all pretty much thought was a done deal at this point of not happening uh there's been an update from patty jenkinson's own twitter 
she put out a statement which basically to told everybody that she is not uh, working on Wonder Woman 3. If you haven't been paying attention, everybody out there, uh, we have a whole shakeup with the leadership over at the DC Universe. Uh, we have James Gunn now, who is like the Paul Feige or Kevin Feige of the the DC. He's the one in charge, and he also has his right hand man uh saffran peter saffran there and uh they are deciding and this also happens with uh, henry cavill everybody's getting wiped they're starting from from uh point zero you know and, and, and starting this whole thing so that means that patty jenkins is no longer working on wonder woman 3 and now she has more time uh to basically work on rogue squadron uh, i'm going to try to read a passage here about what exactly she says as far as uh, Rogue Squadron. Um, uh, okay, so I'll read this. Okay, I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear it couldn't happen soon enough, and I did not want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any longer. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do, so I agreed. They made a new deal with me. In fact, I am still on it, and that project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but uh, we never uh, do until the development process is complete. But I look forward to its potential ahead. So there you go. I mean, she's they say it's an active development. So, I mean, that could be anything from uh, hashing out just the general story to uh, maybe maybe making concept art, stuff like that. So. You know, it's also one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course, uh, you've had other occurrences of other directors saying that their uh, projects are still being worked on, a.k.a. Uh, Ryan Johnson. That trilogy oh. was never debunked. And every time he's asked, he's like, yeah, I'm still looking forward to doing it. But it's like, well, they can keep saying that until the end of time um, and it'll never happen or whatever. You know, so so thoughts thoughts on this, Milton. Do you think uh, she's pretty being pretty genuine? Do you think we could see Rogue Squad? Let's put let's put it this way, man. Do you think we'll see Rogue Squadron in the next five years? Like, we'll be sitting in the seats watching this movie. I want to <laughs> say yes. I want to. Yep. I'm, I, I do like I do like Patty Jenkins as a director. I, I mean, I love the first Wonder Woman. I thought Wonder Woman 2 was okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't trash, but it wasn't as good as the first one. Mm -hmm. no, and, and before I even get to further this question, like, look, the whole stuff with DC, I know this is not a DC podcast, okay. but... All that's been going on with Henry Cavill no longer being Superman and Patty Jenkins no longer coming back to do Wonder Woman 3. And it clearly is going to be most likely a, a, a reboot of that for the whole property. Um, and, and I just want to, I guess, address the fandom because this kind of ties into it. I've been seeing a lot of people emotional about that, and I get it. But listen, we went through this with Star Wars, you mm -hmm. know, when, when Star Wars is going through a transition. So let it play out. Hopefully, hopefully Peter Gunn and uh, and, and old boys Saffin can get this figured out. But to, to answer your question about Patty Jenkins, I would want to say yes. I want to mm -hmm. say yes. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like the last 48 hours, there's been a lot of drama with her, whether it's her not coming back to Wonder Woman 3 or the questions of her coming back for Rogue One. I don't know. I could see them coming back and doing this movie without her. But I think yeah. we need more female directors in Star Wars. We don't really have many, so... And she's a really good storyteller, so I say yes. I would say if mm -hmm. I put a number on it, sixty-five percent yes. It's oh. going to be happening within the next five years. Okay, 
Yeah, and there's a lot of variables right now, right? I mean, you got the big shakeup at Disney itself with the CEO of Bob Jacob leaving and Bob Iger coming back. We know how much Bob Iger loves to have Star Wars movies in the theaters at all times because that's what happened when he was there, right? We got we got like the what is it, five movies in less than yeah. five years, right, or whatever. So there's there's that 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 precedent that's already been set. Uh, we keep getting all these rumblings. We keep getting all these rumblings about. Um, uh, the one guy that was from the the show Lost and Watchmen, uh, I think his name's like Lindelof, David Lindelof. Like he was, yeah. he's writing this movie that he's gonna have the director from a lot of the Marvel Ms. Marvel episodes. He's gonna be directing this movie supposedly. Um, so there's that project, and you know, I feel like there's like two or three projects that haven't been confirmed because Lucasfilm at this point has been told like. Don't don't announce anything until yeah. you're like on set directing this crap because we can't have oh, you know. I think I think that comes back to like the lack of planning if there even is a plan. I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade again about what happened previously, but that was something that was been an issue with Lucasfilm previously. I mean, look at look at how they look at the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like yes, they they had a plan to do a trilogy of films. There wasn't no clear plan of like direction, you know. And I mean, Daisy pretty much confirmed that about Rise of Skywalker. She's like. They were, they were rewriting that movie and we were filming it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And even looking at, you know, how Solo how Solo played out, you know, the plan wasn't clearly there. So I think, honestly, I think now that Bob Iger's back in, in the chair, hopefully he comes back and says, listen, let's go back to the drawing board. Yes, let, let's focus on doing a trilogy of, of movies about, let's say, let's say eight or uh episode mm-hmm. 10 11 12. let's get that out there but also let's do another set of films about expanding the universe further whatever they decide to do but at least come up with like a 10-year plan of what you're gonna do for your next five to six movies pretty yeah. much what dc's doing now yeah like get a five to ten year plan because the problem that i'm i keep seeing is that a lot of these ips and franchises want to be marvel right away you cannot do what Marvel did in three years. It, it took them, was it, from 2008 to 2012 to do phase one. And that was a great phase. It took them another three to four years to oh, do yeah. phase two. It took them another two to three years to do phase three. That's a 10-year window of 22 movies mm-hmm. of a cinematic saga. You know, and I feel like everyone wants to just jump on that train and get on it fast. It's like, take your time. Yeah. Tell a great story, mm-hmm. build upon that to get to your next phase. But mm-hmm. it's like, I, I feel like Star Wars got caught up with that. They try to like, I think they try to jump the gun. So yeah, again, to, to go back to your original question, do I see it working out for Patty Jenkins? Yes, about sixty five percent. Do I want the movie to happen? Absolutely. I, I love her as a director, and I want to see a different take on Star Wars in the sense of let's not let's not focus on Sith and Jedi in the yeah. sense of like let's focus on more militaristic rebellion type stuff yes we got that in andor and then rogue one let's see like a top gun type of star wars oh yeah that's that's exactly what we need is that diversity um the thing i will back up for a second the thing that did work out so far is it didn't work on the movie front a whole lot but i will say what john favreau and dave filoni have done with the mandalorian they've basically like made the the mcu connective tissue on the on the disney plus front so it's like you know, you got to get somebody in charge of the movies to the degree that Favreau and Filoni are with the series because it's been proven. They could do with the series 
why can't you do it the movies? You know. Well, here's the thing. Look at it though, too. It's two men. It's it's two men, or could have been two women. Doesn't matter. But I'm saying these two men work together from day one. Mm-hmm. Like they they said, this is going to be our plan. This is what this is what this show is all about. And we know how we we know we're going to take it. You can clearly see they have one unified vision. I think that should work out. Hopefully for DC in their own, and we can do that for another day. Hopefully that works out for them. And then look at Feige, how he ran Marvel. Look at the original mm-hmm. people forget. Feige had a lot of issues originally when he first got to Marvel. Okay. When he had that date, that Pearl Mutter guy was oh. calling the shots. I don't know. There were all the stuff. Remember, um, what was the uh, what was the show? Uh, Agents of uh, Shield. oh, Agents of Shield, Jeff Loeb. Oh. Yes, Jeff Loeb and Pearl Mutter. Those guys were, that were supposed to be tied into the movies, but eventually. That went out the window Mm-mm. because he finally was like, "No, this is this not this not, not does not work for our property." So they had to figure that out, and I'm glad that they did. I'm hoping Star Wars does the same thing, saying, "Listen, this is our one unified direction. This is what's best for the storytelling. This was gonna be best for the long term longevity yeah. of Star Wars." Yeah. For sure. Um, one final nail to put into this uh, pin to put in this topic here is. Uh, it just so happened that I was a guest on my buddy, uh, Steven Schinder, who was a guest on the show at one point. He's the owner of Delayed Replay Podcasts, and they are basically... He, he, it's, he's got this really cool idea where he... We basically do like improv of a series or a movie that was supposed to come out that didn't come out on time because of COVID. <laughs> like this crazy, really cool, creative idea he has. So the other night, we had just done the Rogue Squadron episode <laughs> on Monday night we recorded that it should be out I think he said this weekend or something I'll let everybody know when it's out um and as soon as we sat down to record that's when this tweet went out with Patty Jenkins where it's basically oh yeah Rogue Squadron's coming out still eventually it's like so that was funny so yeah if you want to know what an alternate universe of Rogue Squadron could be I think we did a pretty good job me and him like actually hashing out a pretty good story <laughs> for what a potential Rogue Squadron movie could be. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, an entertaining listen for about an hour or so. We were just spitballing and uh, hopefully making it seem like we really were review- reviewing that movie that never came out. So, yeah, there got delayed replay. Um, I'll let you guys know when that goes up on all my social media platforms. Do, do you remember the, um like, because this is why I'm excited for, you know, like that Rogue Squadron movie even happened because one, the video game was fire. Oh like, yeah, back in the day, sixty-four. Like, do you remember that short anime um, that someone made? Like, was it like ten or like, seven years ago? Called like Tie oh, Fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like, the animated it on YouTube. So, like, like that's what I envision that movie being like. Just the perspective of like uh, whether it's a Tie Fighter pilot or next wing mm-hmm. rebellion pilot, whatever. Just seeing that story and just know, like, pretty much tell me. A big dark lighter story was at one point, or you know, uh, what's your name? Um, Wedge, you know, like seeing those guys' perspective, like, yes, tell that type of story. Yeah, I mean, you can look at lost, you can look at lost stars because there aren't they pilots? Yeah, they are. Yeah, think Kyrell and whoever the other girl is. Yeah, yeah, so like, look at lost stars, and that book's well received. You can tell the story, like, obviously, not that exact one, but take some of that storytelling, put in the the Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah. I would love I would love to see like a perspective of a TIE fighter pilot because we get so much from the rebellion in the X-Wings. But to see like the fragility 
of the Empire and how they run their ship with like basically making their pilots all numbers. Like, yeah, you guys are going to die. Like, you have absolutely no defense in your ships. We're just, you know, mass producing them on the assembly line. Hey, you went off your planet that has a that's full of crime. All right, we'll give you a job. You probably won't live, but uh, it'll get you out of this situation that you find crappy in your life right now. And so as I could see like that whole that whole thing and then cross cutting to the rebellion and having like the complete opposite of like these people that are just fighting for hope and then the empire's just fighting for just survival and and i could see them really like they got some good writers on board they could really give us a perspective change we haven't seen with like oh yeah now we'll never look at tie fighters the same way again kind of thing all right no i agree 100 percent. like you won't get an argument from me <laughs> So getting into our next story, which will then jump us and uh, segue us into our main discussion topic for the night is we got word that Diego Luna has been nominated for Best Performance by an Actor for a Television Series for the Golden Globes, which is going to be happening next year. So I had to do my homework and, and look to see because up until now, it's literally not been since the original Star Wars, since an actor has been nominated for a an acting accolade for any kind of higher tier um, prestige kind of like award show. Um, ever since uh, Sir Alec Guinness, he was the one that was nominated. Um, so this is this is huge. I mean, we always hear Star Wars every year, and it's fantastic. Like their technical awards, they're on like everything, editing, sound editing. You know, I wish they could get music more. They haven't gotten that in a while, but they usually yeah, get all the. Yeah, yeah, visual effects, of course, they're always pushing the boundaries for that. But this is a, this is kind of a milestone that kind of opens up things. And, you know, like my like the title this says, you know, has and or added more prestige to Star Wars, right? It's like, I, I you know, this is a, this comes from a Star Wars podcaster. But, uh, you know, so take this, you know, you know, Star Wars, most of the people think of it as, the high-flying action adventure story that has a lot of heart, right? Like, you have that, but, like, you don't ever expect Star Wars, right, to win, like, picture of the year, right? It's it's not, like, those echelons of movies that are more, like, focused on doing that thing. But I will be honest, like, Andor has been, I would say, like, the closest for getting to that point where people are, like, looking past it as like changing the paradigm of it, changing the mindset of like, Oh, star Wars is not just uh, dumb fun. Sometimes like it could be maybe more than that. It could make more deeper and more perspective and more of art form. Right. Um, so my whole thing with this is just like getting into the weeds of like, Hey, can star Wars now has Andor set the precedent for other st future star Wars projects, whether it be series or movies to really bring in some A-level talent to kind of make it their own. Because I think up until now, Star Wars has been playing it safe relatively. That's why I like Andor so much. They've been playing it safe. They've been kind of reusing the same things that have been happening in other Star Wars films and other things that have influenced Star Wars. Like, how many times are we going back to Kurosawa? How many times are we going back to uh, just those other big sci-fi Flash Gordon influences, and I feel like Andor has been one of the first things that has started to pull from our own current timeline, which is something that George Lucas did in the original trilogy, you know, making um, uh, conversations based on what is happening. 
happening right now. So um, I'll just open it up to you, Milton, about just like, hey, um, do you agree with like just the direction of like, oh, yeah, just first like talk about, hey, how Star Wars is finally getting an actor nomination. And, and right. we'll talk about that first, I guess, because that, that yeah. was just cool in its own right. Um, no, I think that's good. I mean, look, look at how many Marvel films have gotten like best nominated for pictures or actors. I mean, didn't Chadwick Boseman or no, Black Panther got it nominated for best picture that year. I yep. think it came out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that, which is fine. I mean, look, I'm sure Harry Potter got some awards or some nominations. <clears throat> I mean, you're right about the music for Star Wars. That's a travesty that doesn't get a, a non, uh, nominated more because John Williams is legendary. I think he won an Oscar for the original trilogy, I think, or something, maybe Jaws, I don't remember. But um, yeah, I think this is a good thing that Star Wars is getting that look when it comes to prestige, whether it's Emmys, you know, Tony mm-hmm. or not Tony's Emmys or Oscars, whatever it's decided. Because Diego Luna is a character actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's been in other things besides Star Wars and people that, I mean, look at um uh who played Poe Dameron? Um Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. He's a character actor. He's been in a multitude of things. Oh yeah. He, he's you know, he's the type of actor that could be nominated for anything. Mm. Um I mean Sam Jackson's been in Star Wars. He's a great actor. He's been nominated for stuff. Um so like there there's they there are types of actors that can transition from mainstream or excuse me, from independent over to mainstream and make this work and get that prestige that Star Wars should. I mean, especially with the technological boundaries being pushed, mm-hmm. like it's still a travesty that, that the Phantom Menace lost to the Matrix in 1999. For, oh, really? For visual, yeah, they did. For visual oh, effects. shoot. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, the Matrix is a great film and oh, that pushed the movie. The difference was Matrix was shot very dark, so you can hide a lot of the mistakes, a lot of like things that were yeah. It's easier for that film to be successful that way. Star Wars is well lit, right? You clearly see the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's great that Cassian, or excuse me, that Diego Luna got nominated. Like, that's that's awesome. He deserves it. I think, I think what helps is that Tony Gilroy was a great writer of the show. Mm-hmm. And he wrote some really good material. He made it very, he made it very modern. Yeah. I think that's what helped that nomination. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to shout out the other uh, candidates, the, nomin- the nominees in this category for best performance of an actor in a television series. We have Jeff Bridges for The Old Man. We have Kevin Costner for Yellowstone. We have Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. We have Adam Scott for Severance and Diego Luna for Andor's in that list. Like, that just goes to show you, like, the power of, like, how far Star Wars has come. Like, you're right. Like, it's not just the actor, it's the writing, um, because it's the actor that's, you know, transcribing that and, and, and basically putting their own spin on that and delivering that dialogue that's written. But holy crap, like, these are A-level... Uh, I, I watched, you know, Bob Odenkirk and Better Call Saul, and for Diego Luna to be in that same category is like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't expect him to win against Bob. I think Bob Odenkirk will win, but just to be in that conversation, I'm just not used to seeing a Star Wars thing in there. And that just blows my mind. It's like, you know, what year are we living in to where we're actually seeing the accolades? Um, I will be clear with this. Okay. The Golden Globes are like second tier compared to the, to the um, Emmys, right? Emmys are the gold standard. If, if 
Diego Luna or anybody from uh, Andor gets nominated in the Emmys, I will be very surprised. Um, but Golden Globes aren't bad either, and Golden Globes are better than any other like stupid like reward show. So it's it's hey, televised I, well, and everything else. You, you and I, you and I have never been nominated for an Emmy or a Golden Globe. So like, yeah, if, look, they they at least have that over us. And I mean, look, I think Golden Globes. I mean, now that that show has been taken, it's been, I mean, it's gotten, guys, it's got some high reputation to it here or there, but like, it's still worth it. That, there's some talented people in the room. There's a lot of rich folks in that room that are talented. Mm-hmm. So let's not get it twisted just because someone's getting a Golden Globe nominee and not an Emmy. Don't mean that they're trash. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you look at all the Oscar winners for the past, let's say, 15, 20 years. I guarantee you they've all had the opportunity to do shows and whatever to get like a Golden Globe nomination. And then they gradually worked their way up to like movies to get Oscar noms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I mean, again, again, look at Will Smith. Will Smith was a TV actor back in mm-hmm. the 90s, eight, late eighties, early nineties. Guaranteed, he was nominated for a Golden Globe or an Emmy at some point because of Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. So, for, so I mean, that tells you something. And now he's an Oscar-winning actor. You know yeah. what I'm saying so. It's like, come on. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it. And and and, and to the same token, kind of uh, going off of that is the fact that. You know, you're looking at these lists and we see how far TV has come. Like TV yes, would be exactly. for like the, the second tier actors or the or the actors just getting into acting. Maybe they would be doing TV, but now it's the other way around. Now you're you're getting such huge names going from movies to TV. Like Diego Luna is a huge actor in Mexico, right? Like in, yes. for for movies and all. And, and to see him like, you know, being able to invest his time as an actor that's very popular to do this long form type of content compared to just a quick that's, movie for six months or whatever, you know? Oh, ab- absolutely. But you look at, uh, you're right. TV has significantly changed over the last, say, 15 years since 2000, let's say 15, say 2007. So the last 15 years, TV has significantly changed. You know, I believe, no, we'll go back to 1999. Sopranos came out in 1999. That changed TV. Wire. Uh, um, what's the one show about politics? Um, the West Wing. Okay. Um, obviously, stream. Yeah. Obviously, streaming has changed TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So, like, instead of writing 22 okay episodes, you can write 12 great episodes. You know? So, I, I think the streaming and the shorter number of episodes have helped the writers write more rich material, which then has brought in more actors or better, mm. stronger actors that say, hey, mm. this is really good. I want to perform this. I mean, m- remember the show True Detective on HBO? Oh, I love that show. The first season, at least. <laughs> the first season. You have two great actors with Woody yep. Harrelson, who's been nominated for plenty of awards, Matthew McConaughey, who I think mm-hmm. just recently won an Oscar, what, three, four years ago? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so that tells you something. These guys were comedic, comedic drama-type actors. Jumping into TV, you mm-hmm. never saw that. Yeah, that now it's yeah. like okay, you got these big time actors doing this type of shows. Awesome, The Rock he does action movies, he does drama, but he does shows on HBO. He has a show currently on on NBC. So TV is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, L- looking looking to the future. Then, um, I mean, yeah, we're just throwing throwing a rock around, seeing what it what it lands on or whatever, but. Uh, Look at ahead, like we got Mandalorian season three, we got Acolyte, we got Skeleton Crew, we have whatever the heck is gonna happen with the movies. Um, 
so it's it, there's a lot of other content that's that's quickly coming on the way um obviously Andor season two is is i'm sure it's going to be in the same conversations that are happening now with these awards season two is going to be just as great hopefully it is it's going to be a completely different um setup with all these different timelines that are happening every couple of years but anyway uh what do you think um out of all those things that i just listed off and i might have missed something what, what do you think could also garner a lot of accolades in the next couple of years um if you were to point at something coming i think and honestly the one i can think of because it was the first one would be mando mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. just because i mean that, that show has such a strong following um if i had to go newer stuff I think the Ahsoka show has the a potential because Rodario Rosario Dawson. Oh yeah, the actress like she's a good actress. Like she's a good strong character actor too. Mm. I think she can bring a lot of emotion and a lot of, and she can take a lot of risks with Ahsoka. Um, I think with with Filoni running that show, and being and I'm sure we'll talk about this later with Hayden Christensen being in the show, like. He can bring something out of him that may give him a, a nod at some, you know, prestige. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would, I think the Ahsoka show has a shot. Yeah, I, I would say the acolyte for me. I think um, just the direction of that show and it being from the perspective of of the bad guy for a change. I think with Star Wars, yeah. um, we're always so focused on the hero's journey, but uh, we're gonna get something else, hopefully, entirely different and fresh. Um, I think that's what helped out Andor a lot with these awards and all is just the fact that, hey, this is something we haven't really seen before. Right? This is not the Jedi, not the Sith. And it's grounded with these people. You're getting to learn about these people. I feel like the Acolyte, it, it's really going to be easy for it to stand out, too, because it's in another era with like building up a lot more world building with the lore. But it's also going to be a mystery thriller, right? I think a lot of times the mystery thrillers out there are the ones that really get people hooked you know like the, all that right. espionage the, the subterfuge and and just every week you're just the stakes are so high um that tends to really make a gripping story and if it tends to have those cliffhanger-esque type of experiences where it's like every week you, you just can't wait to watch the next one i think that could be it um yeah the acolyte we've seen the we were talking about the pictures, I think it was last week. Yeah, last week we were talking about the behind-the-scenes pictures. So that stuff is is getting out there, ready to go. I mean, a lot of the stuff, for, I'm just going off of just uh, instinct because we haven't seen trailers, we haven't seen anything. Um, but if you're just looking at the creatives involved, then you have that David Lindelof movie. And everything that guy has touched has been nominated for stuff, right? And I think it's Lucasfilm was looking to see, like, okay, like, Say what you will about Ryan Johnson, but at least like they 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 got somebody that was like thinking a lot outside of the box, probably too much out of the side outside the box for a lot of people. Um, so they're maybe using the same judgment there. Like, okay, let's get this David Lindelof guy who's been known to make like mind blowing revelations in his stuff, whether it be Watchmen, uh, whether it be Lost, whether it be The Leftovers. Right, that guy's got his hand a lot of those intellectual things that really twist and, and turn and keep the, the viewer engaged at all points. So I think that movie, whatever it might be, is going to possibly be the first Star Wars movie to maybe even be 
credited for something at the Oscars. I would love to see that a, a Star Wars name come up on the Oscars for best actor or some best supporting actor or something like that. Um, in terms of like the good writing, uh, I think we need to get more of that like into the characters. But I mean, with the series, it's easier to do that. You have way more time to really flesh people out, you know. All right. No, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it depends on you said writing and directing. Um, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I always shit on The Last Jedi because it's just not a good movie, in my opinion. A good Star Wars movie, I guess I should say. Um, but I mean, Ryan Johnson is a good storyteller. I've seen it with other stuff. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Second Knives out next or the next week or next oh, Wednesday. Oh, it's coming out, out next Wednesday? The 23rd. I haven't watched the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the first one, I believe, is on Amazon. The second one comes out on Netflix. Oh. Um, and I, and I like that first one. First one was good. You know, I've seen I've seen Looper. Love that movie. Yeah, Looper is great. Um, so, like, I I've seen the Breaking Bad episode he's done. Yeah. He's, multiple ones. He's, he's really good. So, like, he's a good director. Does he fit for Star Wars? Not in my opinion. I think if you find a director like that who is a potential fit, then use him. I think. Directors. I mean, if you look at like, uh, for example, um, I think, do you think Ben Affleck, he's a, he's a really good director. Oh, yeah. Warning, Oscar winning director. Would he be a good fit for Star Wars? I don't know. Huh. But I think, I think he would at least take the time to try. Um, I think, I think Ron Howard is a great director. Was he a good director for Star Wars? I don't know. I, I, I like Solo, but I think that whole project was just so jacked up. He didn't really get Yeah. You're right. You can't go off I that. Think, I think, yeah. Exactly. So I think if you give him an opportunity to bring his own vision and stamp, I think he's great. Look at um, Deborah Chow. I think mm -hmm. she's a really good director. Was, was she the best fit for Obi Wan? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, but don't know. yeah, that's that's a that's a chance you take. So mm -hmm. it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg. There we go. We got we got gold. Oh, Steven facts. Spielberg. Oh, yeah, give it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you if you had to if you had to come with a list, Steven's on that list for sure because of the relationship, and he we've seen him do it. I'll say Steven. I'll say David Fincher. Oh. I was I would say um O'Key, I would say uh old boy who did um uh, Jordan Peele. Because mm. I think I think he would bring a difference to Star Wars, but very much make it Star Wars. I think um Oh my God, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh yeah, people have been wanting her to do a movie now. Give her a movie. Um, that's at four, and then I would say, hmm, hmm. who might be my fifth one? First yeah. seeing JJ, and you know how I feel about him. Hmm, that's a he, tough one for my fifth. Yeah, one. I, I, <laughs> I'm not good when it comes to just naming directors off the bat. And the same with actors and actresses. Yeah. I'm not good under oh, pressure. My, when it comes. my fifth one's tough because I because I, low key I want to see. You know what I'm gonna say this one. This might piss some people off, but Zack Snyder. Oh, I like Zack Snyder. Oh, you know? Do you know the story? He was actually writing a Star Wars movie. Do you know about that? He was writing a Star Wars movie, and now it's he. He took that mm -hmm. idea, and he's gonna make a Netflix movie called Rebel Moon, and it yes, was basically. A seven samurai Star Wars movie before Disney bought out Lucasfilm, and it was being talked with Lucas uh, with George Lucas, and he was going to make like a standalone movie that wasn't connected to like anything, 
and it was gonna be just like this action-packed as you would expect just like slaughter fest or something just going across this planet and then he just like something it fell through and he's like all right well i'll just use the same idea and just make a netflix movie and i think that's coming out next year i want to say but yeah that'd be yeah, really yeah, cool next year. Yeah, no and yeah i like him just because he he reminds me of george lucas a lot where he was like a rebellion type of a director you know he's he's, he's a visual storyteller it's george lucas a visual storyteller oh yeah oh yeah yeah and, uh, and I know this one for sure pissing people off. I think James Gunn would be a good Star Wars director. Oh, yeah. You got, you know, you watch Guardians of the Galaxy and you could see a really good Star Wars movie in that, right? Just the, sure. the, the sure. humor is just there and, and, every, and everything else. Um, I want to give a quick second uh, to shout out the chat room. We have Sean Stretton. I've never seen you in a chat, so welcome to the Outer Rim Transmission. Thanks for joining us. Uh, he is saying Katie Sackhoff gets my vote for uh, one of the uh, actors that mm. definitely deserves to win an award for. Yeah, we just got to see. I think season three could be her season, right? Because she's mm. getting pitted against Din as the person who's going to be a lot more front and face, right? She's going to have a lot more front and center as animosity happens. We're going to get a lot more out of her. I think the problem with The Mandalorian is the episodes are so short and so focused on action that it's so hard to really get like these great, like long drawn out performances that sometimes can have the nuance that Andor has. She, it's hard to get that in Mando sometimes. Well, just, just to feed off that, but I feel like, well, woman Katie Sackhoff, she has that background with, with um, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Oh, and, and that show was winning, uh, getting nominated for a lot of stuff at the time. Okay. For what I remember. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to your comment just now about the shortness, I guess, with the actors, Bill, Bill Burr, could have easily been nominated for something like was it season two? Do you remember this episode where they had to go? Oh yeah, for the Imperial camp. Yeah, Dude, the way he told the story about his uh, his his people, his pl pl platoon dying or whatever it was, and the guy was making fun of him. That was easily a, a performance that could have been nominated because you can. This is oh, a yeah. comedian actor uh -huh. who gave us drama, and, t and comedians tend to do well with drama because they just pull from a dark part of their life. Oh. You can tell, like, he put a lot into that. I'm thinking, yeah, he convinced me, like, that's a hell of a performance right there. Yeah, and, and we got Joel Davis, who's one of the, the paper cannon masters out there. You guys can check out Ion Cannon Podcast for all your latest on Star Wars comics, books, and everything on the printed page. But he... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he, he would love this because that's all about Operation Cinder. So you have Miggs Mayfield talking about how he was part of Operation Cinder. And that all went down. And I was like, I stood up in my seat. I was like, oh, my gosh, they, they referenced, you know, Shattered Empire from 2015. Holy crap, what's happening here? But, yeah, that was. Here's the thing, though. That, like, like he just said, like, that, 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 that entire, just, that's a short performance. Mm -hmm. It's potential to tell a significant story. Mm -hmm. And we got Operation Sender and Battlefront 2, correct? That's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot yeah. of projects. So, I mean, honestly, this goes back to our Rogue Squadron talk. But imagine making that movie talk about Operation Sender from the from the perspective of, like, uh, who's that character? Ivan Iva Versio? Ivan Versio and her father, uh, <laughs> Garrick Versio, yeah. who's, like, putting his old planet to fire. Like, that was crazy. Yes. Yeah, just 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 make that the Rogue Squadron movie, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Like that'd be fine. okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see them having like a mop up of. Uh, I would definitely like like, 
not to not to give too much away. Okay, Stephen, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a uh, uh, a little bit of a peek around the corner at your episode. Uh, we talked about a Rogue Squadron movie having flashbacks to like post Return of the Jedi, but then the main part of the story mm. being post. Uh, what is it post uh, first order so you have like the similarities of like both factions crumbling and like you're trying to mop up and then you have wedge who's like oh i remember those days when we had to mop up the empire and it wasn't as easy as we thought it could be and the empire was holding on for years and then the first order is going to be holding on for a year like we were thinking of like this cool like flashback and, and forward and thing like that but yeah yeah that's a, that's a decent thing i thought <laughs> that works I, I like that idea that's a good pitch yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now I'm not going to be able to run that through with Lucasfilm because it's out there. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we have a couple of people chiming in as long as with the chat. Uh, Joel Davis is saying, ask for the question of, should Star Wars get more prestige stories? Yes, get all the stories. Make a Star Wars for the prestige crowd every now and then, right? It's, it's like, yeah, give us the good old popcorn flicks that we all know and love from Star Wars. But hey, every once in a while, have one ready to go that's going to bring some of the other generations or some of the other crowd out right it's because like you know star wars is huge but it could even be bigger if you draw in and you start looking at these other um subsets of people right you can draw in more of this other crowd if you start to take away a lot of the i wouldn't say nostalgia but you take away a lot of those anchor points that are just so inherently star wars and you get some other other things in there. We have Aaron Daly chiming in. Would definitely love to see Bryce Dallas Howard direct a Star Wars film. Yeah, a lot of people That's want that to happen. Easy, easy. No, it's. I mean, it's easy. I mean, she, she's a good, she's a good director. I mean, it's. I have not seen her work and say it's trash or not entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and I'm. Uh, I'm still scratching my head for who I think could be a. Uh, uh, a good Quentin Tarantino. No, uh, Star Wars could not. Nah, nah, I got, I got, I got because <laughs> he'll then say, he'll be like, oh, you know, Star Wars actors aren't really uh, movie stars or whatever. I'm like, all right, my oh. God, I'm with that. Like, it's just like, yeah, that's another. Uh, come on, like, that's stupidity. Yeah, that was just. Uh, I, I hope he like retracted that or something because that's just uh, ignorance, it's I just, guess, at on. that point. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, going back to the discussion uh, topic here, just uh, we want Star Wars to be the best oh, it can here, be. Here, oh, yeah, go ahead. Here's, here's, a director, here's a director for you. I just thought of it. Low key. It's going to shock you. I think George Clooney can be a Star Wars director. Oh. Okay. George can direct. People forget that. George is a director. He can make movies. Know, so like I, I think George no George look at all the movies that he starred in besides Batman and Robin. Um <laughs> look look at all the movies that he's starred in since like let's say 2001 till now. The movies that he's directed or produced since 2001 till now. Him and uh Soderbergh. What's his name? What's his first name? Steven Soderbergh? Uh, Soderbergh. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. He's always connected with him in a lot of his movies. He'd be another good director for Star Wars. <laughs> like I mean, he because he did the, the movie Traffic, which is like about the cartel. Imagine ah. Steven Soderbergh telling a Star Wars movie about the underground with like trafficking, something that's significantly serious that occurs, but we don't really see it enough in Star Wars. Ooh. that like that'd be a hell of a Oscar type film to tell an underground Star Wars movie, pretty much thirteen thirteen, but from the direction of like David Soderbergh, mm. like you know George Clooney producing or starring in it as like like an old like you know. Uh, uh, 
you know, let's say that's something you can think of. Like he's like a gangster or like like an imperial that's like, you know, mm-hmm. up his own little something dope. That's what you have to do, right? So Kathleen Kennedy, you know, some people have don't like her, some people love her, right? Whatever. But she might be on to something here because she had said she's not interested in doing trilogies right now. They're doing single films. And the things with trilogies are, as we said before, they they become formulaic because that's just how George Lucas kind of set them up, right? Um, it's it's a poem. It rhymes. Like, their trilogies kind of, like, that's the function of Star Wars is you kind of come back full circle and, like, deja vu sort of things start to happen. But when you do these single films, like you're saying, Millen, you have the chance to really get the director to go wild because you can't go very wild with trilogies because they got to have the classic hero's journey. They got to have all these things we expect from the prequels, the original trilogy sequel. Whereas you get these cool films, like you're saying, they can get these directors that might not do a trilogy or might not want to be connected with a trilogy. But if you tell them, Hey, you can do this thing far off over here that doesn't really connect to anything. You don't have to like just be beholden to this certain plot line because it happens in a book over here or something like just do something over here just give it your own spin we'll do the job of filling in the star wars stuff with it exactly what basically seemed like happened with andor for the most part like you just make your own pocket of the galaxy make your movie over there and i think that could be the success that star wars needs to like again be something greater than it has been for the last 50 years at this point you know I agree. I agree. No, hundred percent. I mean, I'm thinking of another director too, who was the guy that directed Dune. Uh, Dennis Dumin was it Dumine? Villeneuve or whatever. I always have a Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah, the, the Canadian French uh, director. Like he'd be another one if he gave him a single film in Star Wars. To t- I mean, he pretty much did it with Dune. Yeah. So, and that's gonna be and that's gonna be a two part film or whatever. It is. Yep. But, like give him a single film like that to tell a different perspective of Star Wars. You know. Again, I like the Steven Soderbergh route. Then this Villone, I'm gonna always jack his name up. Um, yeah, I mean, you you have that potential. I mean, it's it's there, man. Like, so you can make Star Wars for Oscar season. You just gotta find the right director, get the right writer to make something that's different, that mm-hmm. rich and good storytelling that's mm-hmm. actually going to challenge the audience. Yes. Challenge the audience to say, oh, my God, that's a different perspective of Star Wars. That's is very much Star Wars, like Andor was. Yes. But also challenges, too, and seeing something different. That's that's the key, Millen. It's good to challenge the audience. And I like how that perspective is. It's like, okay, there's going to be Star Wars movies. Eh, maybe they're not for everybody. Maybe I wouldn't recommend my 8-year-old or whatever to go see this one. And that's fine. Like, the same mm-hmm. thing with Andor. Like, I don't expect 10-year-olds to really enjoy that show a whole lot but hey good the good thing is with lucasfilm is they're constantly churning out things if you don't like andor well wait three weeks and you'll be able to watch bad batch and you'll get a lot of entertainment and enjoyment out of that so i think the main thing is um you could have your prestige movies and like joel davis was saying in a chat have your prestige movies but then like maybe have the next year you have your big blockbuster popcorn movie like maybe rogue squadron and then you have something very small over here so i think as long as you have a steady flow of content which has come to a complete stop at this point hopefully they can write the ship they can start piecing this overall plan together and there's going to be something for everybody everybody to enjoy you know if you're a big fan of the force it's not going to go any it's not going to go and it's not going to be 
disappearing. <laughs> uh, we got we got a pronunciation from Son Stretton uh, in the chat. Villanu. Villanu. Okay, Denny Villanu. I always jack it up. Yeah, I always jack it up, man. I, I try. I'm sorry. We appreciate that. We appreciate that very much. And uh, that, there you go. That, that's why we have the chat room, because we can correct ourselves on the fly thanks to our awesome audience. And uh, you guys can be part of the audience every single week here on the channel. Like I said, every Fridays we go live around 9 o'clock Eastern. We have just two episodes left for the remainder of the year coming up on the show. We're going to most likely just have a news story week catch up, maybe next week. But we definitely are going to get in a Star Wars year in 2022 discussion where we're going to just kind of take the biggest uh, topics from the year, whether it be the shows or the news stories or the games or anything Star Wars. And we're going to talk about the highlights of 2022. So that'll be coming up the final week uh, before we hit the new year. And then we'll hit the new year running with uh, Bad Batch reviews every single week for however long that show is going to run into Mandalorian. And then that'll run into something in Jedi Survivor. And then we'll just never have shows um, where we're just not talking about some review. So a lot is coming on the horizon. Um, Milton, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. A little bit of a shorter show tonight, but I think some of this discussion um, felt great. It, it always feels good to have an episode where we just kind of shoot the crap and have a discussion that we can really dive in deep to something that I've subconsciously have been thinking about. Like, yeah, Andor's been so good because it's so different because of this and we need more like this. So it was cool to get those thoughts out, man. So thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. And I appreciate it, like always. Um, no, you're right. And, and again, I think the last thing I mentioned was about challenging the audience and, and giving a different perspective of Star Wars is essential. And people might say, well, Milton, you don't like The Last Jedi. So how can you say that? <laughs> I say that <laughs> yeah, I say that because, yes, I know Ryan was a different storyteller, a different type of director for Star Wars. However, like you mentioned, Chris, that was part of the trilogy and the formulaic setting that needed to be done for those particular movies. I totally agree. If you give him an independent Star Wars story, it's great. I'd probably mm -hmm. love it. I'd probably be very watchable for me. I think because of that trilogy itself had a lot of legacy characters. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had expectations of where we thought the story was going to go. We had legend materials that they could have used to build the story of Star Wars moving forward because we felt the way he tried to push the envelope where he he's that type of person that, you know, instead of just going slow and steady and just taking your time and just getting there, he wanted to be overzealous and just get there fast and just mm -hmm. like, you know, give, give extra like, you know, like you have you have a Bentley. You don't turn a Bentley into a convertible. It's a Bentley, man. I'm saying you have a Rolls Royce. You don't turn a Rolls Royce into a convertible. It's a Rolls Royce. You had these that Star Wars trilogy. There's no need to make it extra. Just build upon the story and take it to, a, to to that next destination. That's why I say, back to my original point, it's okay to challenge the audience, especially when those independent short stories or independent solo films. That's where you take those opportunities mm -hmm. to build Star Wars out while you still have your linear line of the trilogy films. Yep. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Oh yeah. So that that's so that that's where I think that's where I think you should challenge the audience is when you're trying to expand it away from like the narrow view of like a like specific trilogy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, 
That that makes sense. Hell, hell, throw one of these things experimentally on Disney Plus, like a a lower budgeted, like lower, smaller scale store. I would love to see that. Right, just put something. Like, for instance, what they've been doing with the Marvel Special Editions. Like, I don't know if you've watched Werewolf by Night or the Guardians Holiday Special, but legit, they are the best things that happened in Phase 4 next to, like, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. Like, those things were so damn good, and they were, like, 50 minutes long. Like, let's work in other formats in that regard. You don't need a uh, two-hour and 15-minute movie to really strike gold all the time, either. Well, here's the thing. Star Wars has already done that. I mean, look look at Star Wars Visions, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look. That, that's not even half. That stuff's not even canon, correct? It's all <laughs> no, independent no. stories, right? It's, it's, it's all independent stories through different types of filmmakers and studios. Okay, and we think that's some of the best storytelling in Star Wars. And and I'm sure the chat would tell you that that's some of the best Star Wars that we've seen in the last couple of years. And that's that challenged Star Wars fans. It gave us a different perspective from different types of studios and culture. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I love that. You know, like it, it's it's capable of being done. Now we have to visit. Now we have to get it to the live action component of it. Okay. Now let's put it on the mainstream of Star Wars. Do that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So everybody out there in the chat listening to this after the fact, we'd love to hear your thoughts on how Star Wars can really push the boundaries of what we know and what we've been familiar with and and try to be unique. Uh, We've had, like Milton said, we've had glimpses in animation. Andor's a great step into live action. We're really looking forward to the future, and uh, we'll hope you guys join us in the future for next week's show. Same time, same place, next week, Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern, we should be back with the full crew. Ben was uh, disposed this week, but he will be back next week. So there you go. So Milton, where can the people find you? What are you going to be doing this week? Do you have a lot of uh, last-minute things you have to get before the holiday here? Yeah, dude. I I, I never shop like you know weeks prior to. <laughs> I get it the week before. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just oh, I buy the stuff and my sisters wrap it for me. I don't. Oh, wrap nice. It. I'm not good at it, and they enjoy doing it. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, no. So this weekend it's going to be me just you know hanging out, um, enjoying my weekend, the holiday break. I know I have a lot of stuff coming up, visiting family um, the next couple weeks because um, I know I'll probably miss one of the podcasts in the next mm-hmm. two weeks. I just got to figure out which date it is. Um, no, I mean if you guys want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Milton Weber, the number seven, as you see. Or on Instagram, I'm Milton7Weber. That's where I'm probably more active is Instagram because of my workout videos. Um, I like mm-hmm. to post and just posting stuff about my life sometimes. So check me out both those platforms. Um, I'm looking forward to the Eagles game. This Sunday we play Chicago, trying to go 13-1. and Best team in the league. Let's oh. go. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so that that's fantastic. You can follow Milton there for all the hype and fun, awesome videos man you're you're inspiring for a lot of people man i hope you know no i appreciate i appreciate that no i i've gotten a lot of messages from whether supportive messages or people asking for like i value my advice on trying to like get better in the gym or when it comes to diet and everything and i tell anyone who's out there trying to make that lifestyle change one you have to do it for yourself you can't can't do it for your girl or your your boy or your pops or your kids you gotta want to do it for you mm-hmm. and and honestly map everything out break everything down you know break down your workouts 
break, break down your diet. Like, how can you make changes in your diet? How can you make changes in your workout? It's slow. It's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So if you really are serious about this, look yourself in the mirror, break everything down, do it for you, take your time because it's going to be a process. It's a journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got to have that consistency. You know, that's the main thing, for too. Sure. You got to sure. be pretty, pretty regularly with this stuff 90% of the time, right? So, Absolutely. yeah. There you go. There's our fitness advice uh, free of charge for the week for you guys. <laughs> yep. So you guys can yep, follow yep. me as well. Uh, if you're already in the right place, if you're watching, youtube.com slash starraptor. If you're listening, that's how you can view the YouTube channel. Uh, as for me this week, I'm uh, going to be maybe jumping into more Galaxy Heroes. Thanks for some advice from Milton there off the top of the show. We'll see how long that lasts because it might be just a fade, but we'll see. Um, as far as anything else, you can catch me... Uh, Playing some World of Warcraft, maybe. Um, getting through that expansion right now. But other than that, uh, you know, just having to get those last-minute things. But I will be talking more about Willow on Twitter, which I feel like I'm, like, the only person talking about that, which is a bad thing. Like, people go watch the show Willow. It's <laughs> awesome. It's it, You're talking about Last Jedi subverting your expectations. This show will subvert your expectations. <laughs> it's not as childish and as kiddish as you would think, there's people dying, there's big things, choices, people are dealing with darkness, everything else in that show. Um, and it's made by the guy that did Solo, John Kasdan, the son of Larry Kasdan that wrote Empire Strikes Back. So this guy knows a thing about script writing, okay? So go ahead, that's your homework. If you're on the fence, go watch the movie, then start watching the show. It's about halfway through season one already, and that's what's holding me off until Bad Batch. But I, I thought that show would be just like, ah, oh, this is something... I'm just watching to just give me entertainment. No, I'm actually actively like looking forward to the show every Wednesday. I'm like, all right, here we go. There's another episode. Um, so there, there's my little Willow rant for the week. But um, that's going to do it for us here. Like I said, Milton, uh, Ben and Milton will be back next week. And basically, we got another week before another week before Christmas. So I'll just say, hey, Merry Christmas, but I'll probably be saying it again next week anyway. <laughs> so yep. that's going to do it for us, for Milton, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor. This was Outer Rim Transmission number 87. Have a good, good one, everybody. May the Force be with you. Bye-bye.